What's happening with it? This is Slink Johnson, a.k.a. Black Jesus, your Lord and Savior. And you're listening to the Red Rock Podcast Network. How you love that? You are listening to the Red Rock Podcast Network. Featuring Pod of Thrones and the Shiznit. is the Red Rock Podcast Network. From Red Rock Studios in Los Angeles, California, this is the Shiznit. And your hosts, Damon Standifer, Charlie Bell, and Dean O'Red. Now, put your hands together for the Shiznit. Well, all right. Welcome back to another episode of The Susan Show. We realize you have a choice in your podcast listening, and we appreciate you listening to us. A good day, Charlie Bell. Hello. And good day, nobody else, because there is no one else here. There's just Charlie Bell and me. That's it. That's all. Just us. The best two-thirds of the show. That's right. That's all you need. <laughs> you don't need nobody else anyway. <sighs> so what's been up with you, Charlie Bell? Not too much. Just uh, coming off a real busy time at work. Had a lot of deadlines. Trying to get my little 4th of July relaxation in. Mm-hmm. Nobody invited me to their fucking barbecue. Thanks, people. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> I like ribs. I like chicken. <laughs> <laughs> How about you, Mr. Red? Well, let's see. I actually uh, went out with you. The, well, not with you. Right. Went out uh, to see uh, our boy, the weasel, Damon sure Standifer. Do his thing at the Formosa the other night. He and ripped he, the shit in it show pretty hard. Yeah, he? he did. He ripped it. He kilted it. He kilted. He did. He really did. So I was proud of my boy out there representing. We were both proud of him. And uh, yeah, and um, I have to say I was kind of pissed off at you though. And me? Yeah, you. Why me? Because, dude. Okay. <laughs> this is. I'm having. I'm having a. Uh, uh, rape flashbacks all over again. <laughs> rape? What? Oh, Lord. You know that story I told you about. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. Not that. Oh, yeah. No. This is a similar. Th- okay. 
Well, I, I, we were, I was texting you and all that stuff, like right. trying to see if you were coming, remind right. you, cause I knew you probably forgot because I knew you've been on this crazy deadline work thing lately, right? right. So I'm texting you, whatever. And you're like, oh, yeah, 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 I think I can make it and whatever else. And, and I'm like, all right, I'm saving you a seat and I'm sending you directions my ways and all this kind of stuff, right? <laughs> and, you get there, and then you bring and you bring Nico, somebody, friend of the show, friend, you know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Y'all bitches walk right past me. Go and sit down somewhere. Don't say nothing. I see Nico, but I'm thinking that I didn't see Nico because you know I can't see. Right, right, right. So I see Nico, and I'm like, damn, baby, look just like Nico. Wait till Charlie <laughs> Bell gets here. I'm gonna tell her, <laughs> look at that girl over there. Look just like Nico, right? I never did see you. I don't oh, know where. Right. I guess you. I assume you were sitting at the same table, but I didn't see you. I only saw her. And I no, don't know. we were way on the other side. There was I couldn't get to you. I saw at you at first. Well, well, maybe later. But when I saw Nico, she was not the, the just the fact that I could see her let you know she wasn't that far away. Right. But what I'm saying is the reason that she moved over to where I was is because we literally I couldn't even get to where she was. Like it was just packed in there. Even still. Look, you you could have, bitch. You could have sent me a text. You could have said I'm here. You could have said come sit with us. Something. I am. At the table with all the senior citizen Christians, okay, my best friend's mother, who is a minister, and her two minister friends listening to all the pussy and dick jokes. Yeah, that was not fun for me. I didn't see them there. I only. How did you not see them there? There was there was four of them. I didn't see them. I promise you. I swear to God. So you just left me sitting there by myself. That's even worse. I think. (gasps) You, you you thought I was sitting by myself and you just left me there by myself? That's even worse. No, I thought I thought Damon was done and he came to sit with you. <laughs> How do you think Damon was done when you got there and you saw no, no, Damon? No, 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 after we could look during during the show we couldn't get to you, so that was just logistics. We, there was no way for us to get over there. And your phone stopped working all of a sudden. I I suppose. Oh my god! Because on the way there we were like texting back and forth. Mm-hmm. Do you want something to complain about? I have a right to sit there. You heard that show. How would you feel if you were the only person sitting at a table full of old saved people? (laughs) And they talking about eating pussy and and sucking dicks and all kind of whatnot. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Not even funny. Not even funny. And and Bible jokes. All kind of just any kind of thing that could be offensive to an elderly Christian person (laughs) that was said that night. And I'm sitting at the table. Well, look, you should like, get mad at your oh, homeboy God. for inviting them because he should have known that that was not going to be an appropriate show for that crowd. Well, I would accept that that's, they pressured them to do that. That's part of the thing. Right. They have to try to pack the house, they, which is I think is really fucked up that they do that. Well, I mean, that's Hollywood. That's how the up-and-coming everything works. But, yeah. You're already getting free entertainment for your establishment, but then you're going to put the onus of packing the place on them, too? Yeah. That, you know, and you charging them, the people. I mean, come on now. That's, that's, that's fucking, that's foul. I'm not saying it's right. I'm just that's saying foul. that's the way the Hollywood that's, machine works. That's foul. <laughs> that's not, you know, I mean, you can give them a free meal or something. You know, they entertaining your 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 uh your um uh patrons patrons and filling the place up. Right. Plus, you know, we bought food and drinks. That's what I'm saying. Right. Yeah. So no, I, I mean, I hear you. That's not even cool. Right. So I can't get mad at him because like he got to bring who who can you know who he can get. So yeah. he got who he could get. Well, so he should have took the flyer to church though. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> well, if them Facebook niggas would show up, <laughs> he wouldn't have to be passing out for most of flyers <laughs> at Bible study. <laughs> but, well, we did our part to support, and I'm sorry anyway, that you were in that I position. Like, I'm like, I can't and, believe. And when you came and touched me on your way out, I, I was like, what? She here? What? I'm like, what? Uh, like, when did that happen? I just thought, oh, okay, she decided that she wasn't going to show up and. You know, she was too tired and went home, and I figured you, you know, went to get something to eat, and by, you know, that did that thing was gonna go home and change and yeah. lay down on the bed and fell asleep. Yeah, that I, I felt it was something like that was yeah. going on. No, you know? <laughs> I, honestly, when we first got in there, I didn't see you. I didn't see you until we were way on the other side, and then I was trying to, you know, see when there was a break in the show. There was come. another entrance. There was because, like, no, but there was not another entrance. But when I first came in. They kind of pushed us to the right. Our listeners don't want to hear this. Let's move on. Moving on. We'll work it out later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway. Charlie Bell dog Dino read out one more again. That's again. The way. Yet again, she mm. just left me hanging, like, and I'm all, I'm saving you a seat. I'm saving, like, like an idiot sitting there guarding this empty ass chair all night long. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I'm sorry you feel a kind of way about it. <laughs> I'm all like, like planning on stuff to say and do. I'm like, it was getting nippy. I'm like, oh, Charlie, gonna have to sit close to me because I'm cold. And I don't have a jacket. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, just like you know, like so duh, now, just so, so molded. Now, now I've been demoted to outerwear. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. No, not outerwear. You're not demoted to outerwear. You're <laughs> gonna be my snuggle buddy. <laughs> Who feels raped now? <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. But Damon was funny. Yeah, he was funny. Was Are you going to post the video? I'm not going to post the video because okay. uh, it, it cut off at a weird place because I ran out of space and Aww. and um, and I was running out of memory and, uh, what do you call it, juice. Mm-hmm. But I will play. Uh, here, here's, here's a little bit of them. Check them out. I, I went to see Motown Musical to uh, celebrate my mother's birthday. Uh, I have no idea what she did. (laughs) But I had a good time. The thing about it is Motown had its biggest impact during the 60s, 70s, and 80s. Coincidentally, just about everyone in that audience were in their 60s, 70s, and 80s. Uh, Motown's slogan, at, at one time Motown's slogan was the sound of young America. Uh, judging by the demographics in that audience, uh, the slogan should now be the sound of retired America. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I always wanted to do that. Um, but uh, uh, for me, though, Motown had a special place in my heart. Uh, for me, Motown's slogan uh, will always be the sound that was being played while I was being made. <laughs> I, 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 it is true. You, you can look on my birth certificate. Uh, underneath my name, there's my mother and my father. And at the very bottom, it says, co-produced by Smokey Robinson. <laughs> that was one of my favorites right there. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Cruising. <laughs> oh, my but, yeah, so uh, shout out to D. And uh, so... 
That's cool. And I'm, I'm glad the shows helped him out, helped some work out material and different things like that. And you know what's funny? I, I was talking to Damon um, on the way home because uh, we, we carpooled and there was this one joke that he, he said and I told him I saw it. I saw the punchline coming and I instantly knew that it was kind of a tongue, not really a tongue twister, but it was one of those things that you could get tied up on and also know that that the timing and the, you know, if he stumbled on, he wouldn't be able to pull it off. So I was kind of holding my breath and he, <laughs> he, he pulled it off. He didn't stumble. And he, and he was telling me how hard he was rehearsing that, that one particular uh, joke, mm-hmm. you know, and I was saying that <clears throat> it's a trip. Cause even though I don't do stand up, mm-hmm. but just like from doing this show, I don't look at stand up the same anymore. Right. And I have a different appreciation for like, <laughs> like, like before doing this show, I never would have. I would. I would have seen the. I probably would have seen the punchline coming to that joke, but I would not have known how difficult it was. You wouldn't for, have realized the technical difficulty. Right, level. exactly. And I like, it like within just the. It was just like the whole thing. The, the joke was just a few seconds, yeah. but I like instantly knew where he was going and what it would take for him to get there, and that it wasn't. You know, it was a certain amount of degree of difficulty. Yeah. You know. Well, you know what it is, Dino. We're celebrities now. We're, we're in show business now. We're in the biz. <laughs> That's right. We're kind of like celebrities in our own right. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, of course. Kinda, yeah. So. <laughs> There's that. You know. <laughs> There's that. We're entertainers, you know. Right, right. <laughs> so let's do some entertaining and get to these topics. Woohoo. <laughs> no, actually, um, you know what? We actually have an interview to get to first. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, we have... I, um, I was a little late doing my research. Oh, were you? Yeah, okay. I had to, you know, yeah. Straighten up, tidy but, uh, up a little. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Just kidding. <laughs> oh, we have uh, we have Santino Lee, who is uh, basically a big time porn king. He's been in the business for a long time, and uh, he actually um, since the Clinton administration. <laughs> he actually has uh, helped put a lot of the uh, black porn on the map that we uh, see today. So um, we're going to take a little break. (laughs) We're going to take a little break, and uh, we're going to be right back with Santino Lee. This is Be Honest of the No Nonsense Show, and when I'm in Cali, I kick it with the homies Dino Red, Charlie Bell, and Weasel of the Shiznit Show. Yo, Dino, us light-skinned niggas on the way back, man. Hashtag Barack Obama said nigga. Hashtag Team Light-Skin. Hashtag Light-Skin Matters.
So, Santina, why don't you uh, tell us about, you know, give us some of your history, your background. Where did little Santino, where was he born, where did he grow up, and, you know, what kind of parents did he come from? Well, uh, little Santino was born in Little Mexico. <laughs> <laughs> really? Yeah. And, uh, and uh, you know, and then, you know, uh, grew up a little bit in Texas, D.C., Virginia. Wait a second, though. You grew up in Mexico. Let me... I know there's a story there, so why don't you kind of break down to us and explain to us how you ended up being born in Mexico? Well, my my mother was born in Mexico, and at a bullfight in Mexico City, uh, she met my father, who happened to be a matador, uh, the first black one in Mexico and Spain uh, at that time. Wow! So your dad, your dad was an actual matador. Uh, actual matador. Wow, that's uh, that's very unique. Yeah, <laughs> I was getting that ring with no uh, ton of beef. <laughs> I'm six two, six two fifty. And my father, uh, uh, what five nine, five nine? I mean, are you ser- serious? Right. <laughs> you know, and that thing coming with those horns, I'm, I'd be like looking at that. That is seriously an art. Yeah, but I would imagine a lot of people are just as intimidated by the ashes that you have to deal with. So I didn't hear what you say. I said I would imagine a lot of people are just as intimidated by the asses that you have to face in your workplace. So it's not. I'm not intimidated by no plumbers. No, I said you, no. You're not. I said a lot of people would find that just as intimidating as what your dad did. Yeah, like a fifty-fifty toss. Uh, right. Let's see, a big ass bull or just a big ass. Right. Mm, you know. Well, now you know one one would kill you. Right. The other one, the other one would just make you come quick. Right. There you go. Sand, and then a girl look at you like, I thought you were gonna do me like you know Santino did me in the video. Right. You know? So it's a lot so, to live up uh, to. But uh, but um. But yeah, you were saying your so your your dad is is black from from where? Virginia. Virginia. Okay, and your mom is is she Mexican? Well, I mean, nationality. Nationality, wise. right. But okay, racially. Well, you know, Indian, but Indian from India, but born in Mexico. But she just calls herself a black woman with long, curly hair. Wow. That's, <laughs> uh, wow, that's, that's unique. That's, you know, what do they call a mixed black person with an Indian, a coolie in the islands or something back in Trinidad or something like that? You know, the Indians mixing with the blacks and, it's funny though. In, in India, a lot of people don't know this, but Gandhi used to be a little racist. I thought you were gonna say Gandhi used to do a uh, big booty porn. <laughs> <laughs> Gandhi was Buddha. I'm Buddhist. I'm Buddhist. That's my word. Right. <laughs> a girl has got to gorgeous herself up. Uh, when I see a woman and she's got a, 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 a nice face and a gorgeous smile, and then I work my way down, I don't care if the girl has titties and stuff, but if she does, that's a plus. But if she turns around and she's got that small waist and that gorgeous ass, oh my God. That face, the smile, and the ass, that's it. Right, right. You know? So, but, uh, but uh, you know, uh, like I said, it's funny uh, that you mentioned that uh, Gandhi uh, was a little racist back when he was growing up before he became Buddhist mm. about black people. He didn't want to be 
associated with the black people or um, uh, when he was growing up in London, going to school in London and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And then obviously he became a Buddhist. So, so uh, you, you were a dancer and you met Nina and she was the one who, how'd she, how did she approach you about getting Porn. in the game? Now she was a leader. Now she's a leader. I... Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And she's a, still a friend of mine to this day. That's so awesome. she's the one that got me in the game and stuff like that. Uh, and, you know, I wasn't trying to get in it. It just happened. And at the time, I guess my look played a big role in people wanting to use me at that time because everybody thought I looked like one of the guys from Millie Vanilla. Oh. Yeah. I can see that. I can see that. Yeah, you, you do kind of look a little bit like that I'm one of those fit. dudes. I had long hair and I was in shape. I'm like 250 now, man, bald-headed and stuff. Still got my nice smile, but, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but more importantly, you've got a booty empire. Well, I don't have a booty <laughs> empire. What, what, what is, is, is that, listen, I, I've been with one flat girl, flat booty girl in my life when I was 16. And I was wondering why my scrotum was hurting all the time when I fucked her. Oof. I'm like trying to doggy style. The bones was hitting me in my scrotum. I tried it on the spoon. It was hitting me in my scrotum. I tried a missionary. My balls was hitting the bones. And I was like, this is painful. <laughs> and I was wondering why the brothers was like, yo, look at all that ass. <laughs> <laughs> so your preference for ass is, is really just about ergonomics it's really just for comfort well, it's, it's, a, it's a culture thing it's a genetic thing is you know amongst the nubian people oh. of, of this world i mean the ass came from africa that's where it came from people <laughs> it's not a brazilian but if you go to brazil 70 percent of brazilians are black or mixed with black and the dominant gene of that is their ass. So the ass gene. The ass gene. An ass gene. And I ain't talking about Sergio Volante or whatever. <laughs> I mean <laughs> So I'm just saying, you know, you got all these people get, it's funny. Because of what I started, you got girls getting booty implants like crazy now. Yeah. It's ridiculous. It's a big you thing. Know? Mm-hmm. So um so, but before I met Nina, I was a dancer. I was a male stripper for 12 years. Oh, wow. Okay. Professional. Professional. Mm-hmm. Every gig I did, I got paid. I had a contract. I didn't, I didn't play around. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I, I even was in a couple of reviews. I was in the first all-black male review in the world called The Chocolate Chippendales out of Vancouver, Canada. Wow, the chocolate Chippendale. That sounds tasty. <laughs> wow. Okay. Well, how old are you at this time? About uh, well, 23. I think I was like 27. Oh, 27? Oh, okay. Something like that. Because uh, I'm 50 now. Okay. So, so um, you know, she saw me dancing in Toronto. And then, uh, you know, she tipped me. And then I came to her table. And then, uh, she was featuring dancing down the street. At another club, uh, called, I think it was called the Lancaster House of Lancaster, Toronto, and I think I was at um, God. I can't, I'm trying to make, name. I remember it was over the club called Sword and Shield <laughs> in uh, Mar- uh, Markham, not Markham, uh, near uh, near 
near uh, Mississauga. Mississauga, one of, one of those. I, it's been a while. It's been a while. But, uh, yeah, of course, then, you know, we did our little uh, thing and stuff. And she said, God, you're good. I said, well, you know, I am an exhibitionist. Mm-hmm. And so she said, she come, come, to, come to Vegas in uh, July. I think it was July. And, uh, and there's, a, you know, a convention there. And I'll be there. We can hang out. And mm-hmm. so I came to Vegas, and uh, what happened when I got there, um, there was no rooms available. And, no rooms uh, at the end. Vegas, this is in Vegas. I flew there. I, I, it was my first time in Vegas, and none of the rooms were available uh, over the weekend because, <laughs> you know, whatever it was. And the thing was is that I, I, I ended up uh, hanging out in the strip club, and then I met this guy that was just spending money and you know and we started talking I said yeah I'm going to this porn convention and meet uh, Nina and hang out with Nina and some you know her friends and stuff and he said oh you can hang out with me and stuff I said well, now I'm trying to wait for a room but there's no room available oh don't worry man just hang out with me so I was hanging out with this guy in, the, in Vegas and he had a limo and so we started going to all the strip clubs and everything and everybody thought I was Millie Vanilli getting out this limo for some strange reason again. <laughs> the, guy, the guy had won all this money, a couple of million dollars from uh, Caesar's Palace. And then he gave me his room and left. Oh, nice. So I had his room for the whole week. The whole oh. week I was there. <laughs> okay. Wow. Nice. Talk then about I an auspicious there. start to a porn career. Okay. So then I go to the... the, the, to the uh, to the convention, and uh, they say you need a pass. And I was like, "Oh, okay. Uh, where, you know, where's the pass thing at?" And I went up there, and, and then they were saying the passes are three hundred dollars. And then one of the girls said, "Are you Millie or Vanilli?" <laughs> <laughs> You're like, "Which one get free passes?" Let <laughs> me so, tell you what happened. I, I went. Um, I went. Um, I'm chilly. And then she said, "Oh no, no, that's Fabris. Fab. Fabris." Morvan, mm-hmm. and they had a pass for him there. That's and awesome. He, they thought I was Fabrice Morvan. Uh huh. The guys from Millie Vanilli. That's okay. Funny. And gave me his pass, and that's how I got in there. Wow. <laughs> yeah, my friend was at rehab with him. Maybe that's where he was instead of at the porn convention. It's <laughs> like bringing me in here like this. I'm not even trying to do all of this, yeah. and it just brought me in there. And then I finally. You know, went to the area where the, the porn area was, and then I saw Nina, and then hung out with her for the rest of the time, and the rest was history. Wow. And that's how she took me all these parties, and people just met me, and all this stuff. And then people say, "Oh, you got a great look, blah blah blah." Oh, oh, Nina say you're good. I'm booking you. Come back on August 25th. I got three days of shooting for you. I was like, "Damn, I didn't even have to do an audition." Wow. So you, you didn't have you didn't have any reservations, any second thoughts about putting your dick and everything out there. Well, I was a stripper, hello. Yeah, but I mean, like, but but <laughs> different. Going going to you didn't you didn't you didn't have any reservations about having sex on camera. I was an exhibitionist. Okay. <laughs> okay. I didn't care. Uh, be a hundred people around me. I could fuck. I, I you know it, it, look in Canada. You have to show your dick. It's in the contract when you perform in, in the shows up there when I was up there. It was in a contract that we had to show our penis 
for two or three minutes at the end of our show. And so, God bless snick? big government. <laughs> so anyway, uh, so 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 when I first danced up there, my first gig I ever did was in uh, Minneapolis when I was dancing and when I did an audition in Minneapolis to become a dancer on a dare. I was in the Air Force at the time, and this bodybuilder said, "Oh man." Chicks don't like guys like you. You're too small. They like these big muscles and stuff and blah, blah, blah. And I said, no, nah, man, I'm going to tell you something. Chicks like a guy that looks good and can dance. And you are too stiff. So I'm going to tell you that straight up. So he challenged me to go to a strip, uh, uh, amateur strip contest. We drove from North Dakota all the way down to uh, Minneapolis at a club called Moby Dicks. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you all this sexuality overtones and shit is all over the place so anyway we go there and you know he's the bodybuilder and things all the chicks want him and shit so I'm like okay so we uh, he says who wants to go first I said I'll go first so I went on first first time I've ever stripped and I went down to my g-string obviously and I made $150 in tips and I had like three or four encores, and then groupies of girls were like, "Oh yeah, you know." And so he went on after me, and I think he made forty dollars. <laughs> <laughs> That's proving your point. <laughs> Not only that, I got laid twice. Oh well, that's a given. He didn't get late the second night. I had to turn one of the girls over to him. I said, I feel sorry for this guy. Go help him out. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know, and at that point, I, he, 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 got, he, uh, he started to respect me at that point. So, <laughs> so you understand? So it, just, just, it was just going into that direction. I guess I reaped sexuality. And right. that's what happened. And so that's how I ended up getting into the porn industry was – Meeting uh, Nina Hartley, but before I met Nina Hartley, I had met Sunset Thomas. I had met uh, <laughs> a party with Amber Lynn and uh, Angela Barron in Calgary, Alberta, and then Lisa Lips in Winnipeg. So, you know, I was running into all these porn chicks all the time. Mm-hmm. Well, okay, so you said that you didn't have a problem with, you know, uh, getting on camera and doing your thing at all just because, you know, you, you're exhibitionist, but... How did your family feel about that, though? My family, I uh, think about what me uh, getting into porn. Yeah, mm-hmm. I really didn't care what they thought. It's my life. Okay, so no, so, hey, listen. It, if I'm doing something that's not harming anybody or harming me, what difference does it make? If it's legal, it's legal. So it's like it's my life. I want to do what the hell I want to do. You lived your life. This is my life. So, think is it fair to say that your your parents weren't exactly thrilled? They weren't on board with it. Uh, I, I really don't know. <laughs> I, I really don't know. I was on my own, so I I, I could care less. It doesn't but matter. All all this time, you you guys have never talked about it. I mean, it's never come up. No shouldn't have come up because I was a grown man making my own decisions, making my own way. And clearly your own money, right? So it's my own way. I joined the military 
and realize that I don't like taking orders from motherfuckers. <laughs> That's a quick way to learn. Huh? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You know, I made it through it. I did the boot camp. I did all this, that. You know, in order to get in the Air Force, you have to be pretty goddamn smart in the first place. Because right. they're the highest, they accept the highest ASVAB scores mm-hmm. in the military. So maybe they changed it now. I don't know. But that's what it was when I joined. So, uh, you know, I did what I wanted. Right. You know, it's like uh, you got so many people out there living lives vicariously through other people. Like, you know, the parents want you to do this and that and this and this. But maybe you don't want to do that. So why are you going to be miserable doing something you don't really want to do? All right. If if it were up to your parents, what do you think they would... uh what do they? What do you think they would have you do? I have no clue. <laughs> so growing up, your mother never said anything like, "Oh, well, it'd be nice if you were a doctor or a lawyer or uh, you know a porn star or anything." A matador. Yeah, yeah. Never, never, nothing like that. Because, uh, like, I know my my mom. She would have, you know. I mean, she didn't have any uh, hardcore plans for me, but she <laughs> she she would have been happy if I'd been a doctor, you know. Well, I mean, uh, you know, to be a doctor, okay, think about it. To be a doctor, you're going to go to medical school and all that stuff. It's more prestigious than anything. But they're not taught to really heal you. They're only taught to to contain the situation. Right. That was just an example of, like, a parent, you know, saying what they would, you know, like what for their child to do because, you know, they that, right. that, that happens sometimes. <laughs> I mean, you know, be a doctor, a lawyer, a cop. But my philosophy on all of that was like, okay, uh, a lawyer is, <laughs> you know, he's just a, a person. That, the way I look at it is, is there's justice and law. Okay, there's law, which is a business, and justice is very little of it. So to be a lawyer, think about it. The majority of the money is on the defense side. So the person could be innocent or he could be guilty, but it's your job to get him off regardless. And then the prosecutor is all about getting points, whether you're innocent or not. They're just trying to find a reason to toss you in jail to make money. So it's all about a business. And a cop, most cops, not all of them, some of the cops really try to do a job and become a peace officer. But you got the majority of the cops that are corrupted that might be out there. And those cops that are trying to do something good are followed under the blue shield of the brotherhood and stuff. And if they don't cooperate inside of that system, they end up getting fucked. So, you know, to be all of that, I'd rather, I'd rather be an action hero. So basically you, know you feel like fucking on camera is just more authentic and genuine. <laughs> that's really who you – that's really what you're about, who you – Well, no, no, not really. No. I, 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 just, look, I just love fucking. I love fucking. Right. I love girls with a small waist and a big old booty and a cute face and a gorgeous smile. I, that's what I'm talking about. So like, do, you have like, any, do you have any children of your own? Yeah, I got four. Four? Oh. Yeah. Okay, so how would you feel about them being in the business? Well, see, I made the sacrifice so they didn't have to. Yeah, I think a lot of a lot of parents uh, feel that way, right? 
What is that? What is that noise? <laughs> the thing from Eddie Murphy's Coming to America when he was the black Jewish guy who was dressed like a Jewish guy, and the guy told the joke, and the guy go, ah, ah, okay, ah, that is. Okay. <laughs> okay, but still, I was waiting for you to answer the question, though. <laughs> well, 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 I just, I just asked it. No, no, you said you made the sacrifice so that they wouldn't have to. That doesn't answer the question. How would you feel yeah, about them getting in business? Okay. That you sidestepped the question. Well, no, no, kind of no, like I, you sidestepped the question about your parents and everything. I didn't sidestep. Oh yeah, you've been tap dancing a lot for a porn star. <laughs> <laughs> I did respond to your your question. Your, yeah, I, I responded. Okay. Okay. Uh, so you didn't, so, but okay. <laughs> no, I probably didn't give you the answer that you probably wanted. Right. <laughs> no, you I didn't. Did. No, you didn't answer the question. You 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 well, you, you you made a statement after I asked the question, but it didn't answer my question. Well, I think if you, I think if you, I think the space between your question and his answer was that obviously he sees porn as a sacrifice, <laughs> that he'd rather he take the burden of sacrificing than his kids. Well, so, yeah, if you take, if you think about it, uh, you know, you got you got parents that would do things uh, to to uh, like like a, a prostitute, a woman that's out there selling her cookie to make ends meet, right? And right. she has children, so she wants to take care of her children. What parents, in my opinion, now remember all of this is my opinion and my thoughts. Yeah, that's what I'm asking you for, your opinion. Uh, <laughs> is that if, if parents are supposed to be trying to make a, a lifestyle better for their children than the one that they have. Right. So if they're out there selling some cookie or whatever, and that the money is coming to them, not to a pimp, to them. And they're taking care of their kids and putting them in school and making sure they got everything that they need to have a better life and a better opportunity than they had. Then you know, I'm all for it. I mean, that's you got to do what you got to do. You, you know, right. so it's not like it, it's just like a person out there selling drugs. Okay, now granted, you're selling drugs to make your hustle, to make your money, to get what you want to get out of it. Now, granted, people that abuse drugs, they end up dying or getting killed or doing other stupid stuff. But as a person is selling the drugs, maybe that person is really trying to make enough money to get what they need to get and then get out of it. You know what I'm saying? Or to make sure that their family and their kids have a better life and that they don't have to make the sacrifices to do something like that or fall into that situation. Right. Or it could just be... You know, cleaning toilets. It doesn't have to be selling drugs. Uh, I can't hear you, Bill. I said it could just be cleaning toilets or picking tomatoes. It doesn't have to be selling drugs or prostituting. It's just something that, you know. I was just using drugs because if you get arrested, you go into the system and so forth and the felony and all that crap. That's what I'm saying. But nowadays, people are growing weed and saying it's miracle marijuana. So There you go. But then again, let's go back to the doctor thing. A doctor is just a drug dealer. <laughs> That's the truth. That's true. Okay, hey, listen, take some of this. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, you know, this will make you feel groovy, man. You know, <laughs> think about it. Right. So, uh, so but they yeah. still haven't been able to bottle 
or put sex into a pill form yet. That's I think sex makes people feel better than almost anything out there. Well, well actually, they, that's what everybody is trying to get. Right. They're trying to get. That's why you heard of the pill ecstasy pill, right? Mm-hmm. They're trying to get that. The real ecstasy pill is made from the uh, thyroid gland of a, of, a, of a human being, and the chemical, whatever they mix it or whatever, and when they take it, they get that euphoria with the, the ecstasy. Mm-hmm. Well, there's no drug that can make you feel like. An orgasm. Feel, you have an <laughs> orgasm. There is no drug in the fucking world that will make you feel that way. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and the whole thing, no, there's not one drug out there. I believe the thing it. about it is, is that for people, you got people that say, "Oh, I've never had an orgasm," or "I've never had an orgasm like that." And I said, "Well, it, the whole thing is, is all in your mind." When women say, "Oh, you made me come so good," I said, "No, I didn't make you come because you wanted to come." What I did was stimulate the erogenous areas long enough for you to reach that plateau to have orgasm. That's what you do. Because most women that complain about not having orgasm is because homeboys say, oh, baby, oh, baby, you know you moved it too good. So let me ask you this. Um, We all know the, the stereotypical plight of the typical woman in porn, right? Right. I want to ask you, in your opinion, you've been in the game a long time. Yeah. In your opinion, what percentage of it is this sob story that that we are presented with through the media, and what percentage of it? What percentage of it is just like women who are the the um, female version of you? They saw an opportunity, uh, a way to make money without hurting people. It's an honest living whatever whatever and they went into it eyes wide open and it's they're not they're not runaways and they're not victims and all that what what percent which percentage is, is which in your opinion in in, in your in your experience My, uh, opinion <clears throat> in today's uh, industry mm-hmm. uh, uh, probably maybe um, maybe two uh, percent are in it uh, sober. Mm-hmm. And because they love sex and mm-hmm. they they love the whole environment. When I came in in 1992, you know they didn't have Viagra then, so mm-hmm. you saw the same guys performing over and over and over and over and over again because it's an elite group of mm-hmm. men right. that can actually perform and come on cue and all of that. Right. So that's why you see a lot of these new guys coming out because of Viagra that came out in late 98, 99. You pop a pill, Cialis, Calvert Jet, whatever, and then they think they're Superman. But these guys are in their 20s and 30s, mm-hmm. right? So I'm like looking at it going like, well, you know, you're popping a pill to get your dick up to fuck a, a, a chick. So you're you're not into the chick, really. You're mechanical. Mm-hmm. Okay, now, me as an actor, and I've worked for every major company in the world, pretty much, in the world, mm-hmm. as an actor. Mm-hmm. And this is before Viagra. And I'm telling you the difference. When I was in L.A., I thought I was the shit. When I went to Europe, I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> I'm like, I became so humble once I realized that 
the European performers made us look like jokes. How so? Because their mentality of sex is totally different from uh, America, meaning that they had shows, regular shows that showed breasts. So people laying on the, the in the park bench with their titties hanging out or nude on, on the beach and all that stuff. That's nothing to them. Right. On their TV shows, there is in public. You know, a woman's uh, letting her baby suck on her nice big old breasts and stuff. I'm over there looking at all of that. And they don't look at it like we look at it. Like, oh, that's that's re- that's preposterous. No, that's that's right. Bad. But how is it? How is it that? What is it about so how them? How did that affect the porn vibe? The, the dynamic. Why did that make you feel humble? I mean, what about them and their performance? To Europe. When I went to Europe, uh, you, first of all, there's a language barrier. So if I'm working in German, Germany, they're speaking Dutch. If I'm working in Holland, they're speaking Dutch. I'm working in France. They're speaking French. If I'm working in Italy, okay, we we right, we 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 get it. Okay, so now you're there, and let's say now you're getting paid uh, for a day of shooting, which requires you to do two to three shoots in a day. So you are required to be able to get your thing up and 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 and, and rock and roll. In these awkward positions and locations, fucking in the snow, fucking on jagged edge cliffs where the water's just splashing up, and all of this stuff, and you know, it's ridiculous. I mean, ridiculous. Uh, fucking on doing a DP on the top of a yacht with nothing to hold on to. Ooh. Wow. Okay. No, that so, is an action hero. Yeah. Really. And I'm like, oh, you tripping? So when I learned how to find myself, my chi and fucking in Europe, when I came back to America, this became a joke. Right. Okay. So it was like the major leagues versus the... This was a joke because this was nothing to versus me. Versus the farm I, team. I, I seen seven scenes in a day in L.A. And right. looking at me going like, how do you do that? You so, know? So, so I w- there's something I want to know how it works in porn. So porn is a business, right? It's an industry. So given the, the prevalence and the just saturation of so much free porn, what, what's the business model now? How do you still earn a living with so much free porn out there? You have to have a brand. Your name is your brand. You have to be around long enough now that the market has changed. You have to be along enough to have a fan base that wants to find out where you are and where's your content, your brand. Right. Your name is your brand. So you certainly have a brand. You've got a very unique aesthetic that I want to ask you about as well. So first of all, your aesthetic is – I like it. It's its kind of like – it's almost like um, like 90s public access porn. It's almost like, like the Wayne's world of like ass and titties. There's a vibe of that, but you have like music. Like where, where – are, are you doing the music? Like your music is always interesting. That's me. It's all yeah. It's all DIY, right? You have like a DIY vibe, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Okay, what about your logo? I'm really like your 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 Aries yin yang symbol. That's oh, wow. so how you, how you know it was an Aries? I just I'm, I'm looking at your logo. I'm asking you what what's the significance? Oh, you're perceptive. I'm <laughs> uh, well, Bell. Yes, I am an Aries, the god of war. So I I I accept challenges very well and uh, the reason my logo I, I designed it was my Aries Ram with the yin and yang of balance 
you know, and then the, the, the year of the snake, which is the Chinese zodiac, going oh. north and south. So okay. I'm, I go full circle, and I've been up and down, and I'm headstrong. So I'm focused on what I'm aiming at. So that's what it means. Okay. I'm a well-balanced, worldly person, and I'm easy to talk to, but I'm the type of person that you fuck with me and you fuck with me, I give you that opportunity to keep moving because I ain't going to do nothing with you. And then once I commit, I swear off, there's no more, there's a time for diplomacy and a time for action. At that point, diplomacy would be dead. So that's what my logo means. It's a lot of information there if you're paying attention. <laughs> <laughs> I know, man. People are like, looking at it like, what is this? What kind of logo is this? I mean, I, I, I st- I've, I've studied martial arts. I started studying that when I was eight years old. And, you know, uh, through martial arts, I, I you know, found a, I found a lot. Uh, I found myself even faster with the discipline and all that stuff and learning martial arts and fighting and all this stuff taught me about being humble and all this stuff and I grew up you know and I never did drugs I tried drinking one time uh, when I was 12 so uh, alcohol I don't like it I don't like the taste of alcohol and you're like I'm sticking to pussy after this huh <laughs> uh, yeah pussy and a crack of big plump juicy booty hole you know what right. I'm saying so, yeah. <laughs> there you go. Let's see how should I say this? Okay, I noticed that a lot of the the black sites versus the the more mainstream sites, the white sites, however you want to call it, Bang Bros and Reality Kings, there seems to be a huge disparity in the like the the quality. Like what's up with that? Well, when you're putting up these websites and stuff, you know, uh, Reality King or Bang Bros had a budget. They they had money to put in, put in, put in, so they can get better quality. They had they could pay all these different editors. They can pay the, the camera guys uh, that some of them went to film school to learn and to understand how it works. And the quality got better. The lighting got better. Right? Everything. Yeah, it did. You you did see an evolution with them. I remember when they you know first came out. And versus how they are now, and there is a, a definite uh, evolution. Yeah. Absolutely. So they yeah. have the money, but you guys have the creativity and the trends, is what you're saying. Well, it, the, the black. Well, you got to look at the black porn. Okay, the market. If you look at the market to combine against the black porn, the white porn outsells the black porn because one, there's more of it, right. and two, they've been they've been in, in control of the industry since day one. Mm-hmm. So, where you come with the black porn, where the history is this, okay, you you know, you had your first black porn star back in the 70s that was in the movie called Behind the Green Door or uh, with uh, Marilyn Chambers and stuff, and that that was the first black uh, uh, porn star. And then, you know, it started coming in a few more Ray Victory and a couple other uh, FM Bradley and all that. But Vanessa then, Del Rio. Vanessa Del Rio. I'm talking about male male performance. Right. Using that because uh, they didn't really call interracial interracial if it was 
if it was a black, an Asian, a Latin, and a white girl, fucking four white guys in a, and one Latin dude. Mm-hmm. That was an interracial. But if you put one black guy and he was fucking the black girl, the white girl, the Latin girl, and, and the Hispanic girl, and, and our Asian chick with the other four white guys, then it becomes interracial because you have right. one black man the one-drop rule of porn. How the hell you, you interracial? <laughs> when they say interracial in porn nowadays, now I don't get it. They mean black. <laughs> black. It doesn't mean, oh, I'll work with the Asian guy, but I'm white. Or uh, the black girl's going to work with the Latino dude. That's not interracial. Interracial means where you work with black people. Exactly. And I'm like, that is so fucked up in my book. Because interracial is something outside of your race. So it's interracial if an Asian guy's fucking a white chick. It's, in, it's interracial if a white chick's fucking a Latin dude, a Latino dude. Uh, yeah, but we know. But we know it's really code for jungle fever. That's really what they're saying. It's not really about. It's not really about racial harmony. It's about. <laughs> you know, it's about it, fantasy. Well, you know that's what it is. Porn is a fantasy because the reason it does so well is because. The regular uh, uh, relationship out there, uh, you know, homeboys said, damn, my girl don't suck dick like that. Damn, I wish you could do that. Or the woman's like saying, damn, my man don't fuck me like that. So that's why it, you, you, you got people watching it and mm-hmm. stuff like that. And so if you look at the black porn, um, the black porn, you have to say it really started to, uh, to, to actually get better when the first black director of porn Shawn Michaels broke that barrier mm-hmm. and he started shooting porn classy and elegant showing that we people of color have class and we're not into the hood shit all the time that you want to depict us as gang members and all that shit and so if you look at Shawn Michaels he was on one end of the spectrum where suit very classy, elegant gentleman type of porn, right? And then you had Ron Hightower in the middle, which was that gangster porn, because he brung the uh, hip-hop with the porn by directing Tupac in that uh, that uh, music video featuring the porn stars in there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then you got me on the other end of the spectrum, that was compared to the three top-selling porn com- uh, directors and companies at that time, which was John Stagliano, Buttman, uh, Ed Powers, uh, Dirty Deputant, and Seymour Butts. Mm-hmm. Those are the three top-selling uh, white people in the industry. But when my movies came out, they compared me to those people. So I was never compared to Sean Michael, nor was I compared to Ron Hightower. Everybody that's coming out in porn nowadays, uh, black porn, is under the Ron Hightower. You got these mm-hmm. other companies that came out, like West Coast Productions and all of them. They're under that Ron Hightower thing, you know, thugs and gangsters, whatever. And then you got Shawn Michaels at the one end of the other spectrum where you got a, a guy named Lexington, where they hired and tried to make him the new Shawn Michaels make him look elegant and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. But sorry, Sean, there's only one Sean Michaels. There'll never be another one. 
he started it. There's an original. There's only one Santino Lee. I got my own style. And then you got everybody else that's in the middle that's following more of the Ron Hightower style of porn. The technology has gotten better. And, um, but, you know, uh, uh, I, 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 the, the market isn't there. The market is... It's in the clock. The market, okay, thank you, computer. <laughs> the market, my computer talks to me. <laughs> Tells me all. It tells me if there's a big butt coming soon. But <laughs> there, the marketing is is you know it, 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 black porn or interracial porn is is huge right now. Now, now in the past couple of years, past ten years at least, is is because of the, the BBC, the black big black cock uh, genre that's out there now. The mm-hmm. white girls or the cuckoid, a cuckoid or whatever they pronounce it. Where the white man with his white wife get uh, watches his wife get fucked by a black man. Oh uh, yeah, that's big. Yeah. Black like that. man. and that is uh, is uh, is a, a huge thing. So it's like you know you're never going to get rid of that now. But as far as um, uh, as far as the, the 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 difference between the black and the white porn is based on budget and money. Okay, that's what it is. There you go. You know. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, with that, man, um, we're about to go ahead and wrap this up. And uh, we really appreciate you taking time out of your uh, your busy schedule to come on to the Shiznit Show and rapping with us. Right on, man. I appreciate the opportunity and stuff like that. And, yeah. Uh, and uh, at some point, maybe uh, your girl, uh, Chanel, Chanel Lee. Is that how you pronounce her name? Chanel? Yeah, that's Chanel Lee. Chanel uh, Lee, right. She, she hasn't done nothing yet. Right. Uh, she was uh, telling me she's uh, scheduled to do something in August. Yeah, she's supposed to be coming down here in August. And uh, like I said, I can't, uh, until everything is solidified and everything, I can't uh, I can't give you a uh, confirmation on anything. Okay, okay. But let me tell you this, though. I would I would love, and you know, you let me know if it, if it could happen. But I would love to have her come on. And just talk to us about uh, she's not speaking any specifics, you know, not, nothing about anything that she's working on or anything that's top secret, but just uh, her mindset going into the game and where it is now. And then for her to come back later on after, because how often do you get a chance to speak to an actress before she does her first scene? You know what I mean? So well, I, no, you're, you're right about that. But, you know, again, with interviews, you know, she, you know, she's trying to market something as well. Right. So I'd rather for her to, you know, be here physically before I can make a, a, a call on that. Okay. Because anything can happen between now and then, right? I got you. So, so um, you know, and then uh, if she's here physically, I've, I already know what we're working on and stuff, and then she can start promoting that as well, you know? And okay. And the Santino Lee production brand and, you know, my sites, Waxing Fat Asses, where she's going to be appearing and stuff like that. So, yeah, you got my Twitter thing, right? You you got me on Twitter. Yeah, uh, I think I have all. Yeah, I got all your social media contacts. Okay, all right, and stuff, and um, and uh, you're you know you're my second interview in two weeks. Oh, okay. So, you know, so you're uh, starting to get back out there, right? Yeah, because now I got a reason to promote everything because you know my new site matrix is done. Uh, SantinoLeeProductions.com or SLPAdultMedia.com. 
with the other, you know, all together it's 11 websites out there. Yeah, why don't you, um, I know you don't want to sit here and give out all 11, so why don't you give out some of the key information that you want, that you want whether it's the social media or maybe the, 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 the main website or whatever, but whatever you want to uh, go ahead and get out there, go ahead and, uh, and shout that out right now. Oh, okay. Well, uh, fans of big ass worship and uh, ass eating uh, <laughs> genre, uh, <laughs> uh, you can uh, see a lot of that content on SantinoLeeProductions.com. And one of the, uh, the premier uh, sites for that is BlacksandFatasses.com. And then where you have all the elements of all the sites combined is under SLPAdopMedia.com. But any of those sites have the network link of all the other sites. And if you're a gamer that's into big-ass girls and having sex with them while you're playing uh, Gears of War, you can go to uh, a site called uh, GearsofHorrors.com where, you know, I'm playing uh, Gears of War, a game, and uh, the girl's talking smack to the guys and while she's getting some dick and all that good stuff. Yeah, I saw saw a scene with you and uh, Cheyenne Jacobs uh, with that. Oh, you saw that? Yeah, I saw that, yeah. <laughs> oh, I wanted to say one more thing real quick. Sure. There, there's one site called fuckfoomasters.com where in, uh, I started shooting that in 2004. These were the two first Asian guys doing straight porn that's been documented. I just want to get that out there because there's some people out there saying they're the first Asian this and the first Asian that. And they came out in like 2006 and seven. And I'm just setting the record straight. Billy Lee and Brandon Lee are the first two Asian guys to do straight porn in America. Yeah. And I shot it on Fuck Fu Masters. And you can go to that site and see the documentary of how this really happened because it was a documentary of me training these teaching these Asian guys how to fuck like a brother. All so, right. So go. that's another one. But uh, <laughs> anyway, you guys can also reach me on Facebook.com uh, forward slash Santino Lee and the number one. And, of course, Twitter.com forward slash Santino Lee and the number eight. All right? Because the, the number eight is, uh, is like a, another type of logo for me because when you lay it down, it's the infinity sign. Right. Very long time. Okay. Okay. (laughs) 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 Okay. uh, We're going to go to break. And uh, Santino, I'm going to ask you uh, to hang on for a second. And uh, we'll be right back Uh after this.
it till my body went numb, numb. Later on her back, back. Turn around, gave her bottom a smack, smack. She's a woman from the block with the best of weed, but I'm gonna stop till I'm pulling out track, track. It was lust at first sight, and she couldn't help saying that she wanted to get with me, and my size was just right. Cause she wanted a man with a little security. Said I've been around the world twice, and my name ring bells from Atlanta to Sicily. Said she wanted it all night, so put the bubbles in the tub and loot her Christian me. Santino, he can talk, couldn't he? Oh, yeah. <laughs> he's, a, he's a chatty Kathy. He's a loquacious brother. <laughs> yeah, verbose. <laughs> but no, he's a nice guy. He's a real cool guy. I, I uh, look forward to meeting him in uh, person one day when he's uh, here in L.A. Lots of stories to tell. Oh, yeah. Sure. He's got a gang of stories. For yeah. real, though. But uh, yeah, Charlie Bill, um, let's go ahead and uh, let's get in these topics. News and noteworthy. The shiznit. Well, the BET Awards. Woohoo! <laughs> <laughs> Did you watch them, Charlie Bell? Um. You didn't watch them. Well, hold on. Can I? Damn. Can I articulate myself? <laughs> Shit. What had happened was I watched some of it. I can't look. It. That shit was like three and a half hours. I couldn't watch the whole thing. That's why you're supposed to DVR it. But I don't have cable. And... You know that. But I did watch. <laughs> Look, I did watch the majority of it. I was going to say, don't they have it on YouTube? Yes. I'm Without not... all the commercials right. and stuff? I'm just saying certain parts I couldn't tolerate and I had to skip through those. Well, I thought, I think you missed it because I felt like my wife and I, we were talking about this. It was the best award show <gasps> That we've seen 
in like forever. No, you don't think that. I do think that from top to bottom. I do. I do. Um, now, Tracy Ellis Ross and Anthony Anderson, they weren't hilarious. Uh, Tracy was pretty funny. Th- they, they weren't hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> but, it, you know, I mean, I'm not holding that against them. It, it, they were cute. Right. They were cute. And it was only a few seconds. So it wasn't like, you know, it wasn't like painful or anything like that. They, right. Um, the music and the choice of music, because I guess uh, my wife pointed out that there was a lot of old music. So that's probably why I like the yeah. music so much. Yeah. It was a lot of old music, a lot of tributes. Right. Um, so that was cool. And even the, 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 the modern stuff that they, uh, that they picked to play, they picked the stuff that I, I like. Right. So I was very happy with this award so- show. I liked quite a lot of it, but there were some things I didn't like. So which one do you want? Do you want to start with the good or the bad? <laughs> um, start wherever you want. You start, and I'll just chime in and, you know, whatever. Okay. So let me just start with some of the what I thought were some great performances. Okay. There were some great performances. I mean, Kendrick Lamar shut it down. I loved his performance. I thought it was so great. Okay. The weekend, he can really sing. He's fucking talented. Oh, yeah, He's fucking he talented. He's great. Yeah. My buddy, like, uh, my buddy, um be honest from the no nonsense show he just posted a video it's a, a remake um or it's a uh, he's doing i think he's covering i can't even it's a song it's a popular song i can't think mm-hmm. of what it is right now but it's him and another uh a, a white girl mm-hmm. and it's real simple and it's just them singing the, the song or whatever mm-hmm. and in the video whatever, and it's like oh my god that girl Whoever that girl is, Nevi, I don't know who she is, but she's bad too. And mm-hmm. it's just, oh my God, yeah. it's ridiculous. No, I'm glad he's getting props. He deserves it. He's a good artist. Mm-hmm. And which, okay, let me stick with the good before I get on. The white boys are coming so, up this year. Uh, that's, yeah, I'm going to come to that. <laughs> Janelle well, Monet, I mean, her performance was really cute. Her performance on stage and in the audience, she was, it was cute when she went dumb for E40, when she was like jamming to his little performance. That was cute. <laughs> Which, you know, I love Big Sean and, little, mm-hmm. and E40. I thought that was, that was cool. And mm-hmm. I even liked uh, Little Fetty Wop. He, he's all right. Okay. So there were some, definitely some good performances. And look, I'm not going to be a hater. The, <laughs> the big boy. I mean the bad, the big boy, the bad boy performance. To me, it was almost like a, it was like a Charles Dickens. It was a, it was the best of performances. It was the worst of performances. Right? <laughs> like, you know, it was obviously it was great nostalgia. I'm sorry, the Queen Bee. She came out and she killed it. We see why she was still. I, I still give her props. Like I said, that's the Queen Bee that I want to see. I don't want to see the reality show Queen Bee. <laughs> you know, but then you know, then there was Uncle Mace and Grand Diddy. They looking old as fuck. <laughs> It was looking old, but um, how you gonna talk you know, about how they look and not talk about the, the how Lil Kim looks like little little little. Uh, I mean, we already know she's a freak. little mama son. I mean, yeah, <laughs> but we already know. Like we've had shows already. Okay. Clowning All her right. plastic surgery. Let's just give her the props for what she came out okay. and did. You know, I have to say but, though, I, I did tell my wife though since. She messed herself up with all that surgery mm-hmm. and made herself look Asian. Mm-hmm. That's the best I've seen her look. Right, right. I agree. She, 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 she done some reparations. I don't know. Or not reparations. Was, I don't know. It might have been the makeup. She might have just had a hell of a makeup artist. Right. But she looked fuckable last night. Yeah, or, she, or, or that night. Yeah. <laughs> I'm saying last night, but I think we watched it last yeah, night. She, but. <laughs> right, right, right. She came but out yeah, a little she was, bit. She, she was, yeah. And Faith Evans did her thing. She looked good. Sounded good. 112 garbage oh my god horrible. that was so horrible that was but 
It was so bad it was embarrassing. It was terrible. But let <sighs> me tell you this. But the, to me, the biggest faux pas of that whole fucking night, that whole performance, what? whoever the fuck didn't who, – whoever got the locks and didn't get total, they need to get fired. I hope they got fucking fired. <laughs> Seriously. How are you going to have a bad boy reunion and not bring Kima, Keisha, yeah, yeah. and Pam? Yeah. Ooh, we. God, God damn. damn. <laughs> <laughs> terrible. That was terrible. So that was my feelings on the bad boy performance. But yeah, I mean, there was some I'll great. I'll tell you on that. It wasn't, the, the bad boy wasn't great, but yeah, but the, the nostalgia that was, it, it gets a few extra cool points for that. Yeah, it but was yeah, cool. It was, it was so-so, but yeah. But my overall feeling about BET, it's just... <laughs> Oh, it's just the struggle. Like you want, like okay. When 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 the Johnson sold BET Empire to MTV, right. I was like, fuck. You know, on the one hand, it's terrible. Like the, we we just lost the the, the, the first one station. the one you know mainstream cable major news. I mean, not news, but um, television station that was black owned. We had some mm-hmm. self determination over our you know pop culture images and whatever our our self reflection, whatever have you. As a, but at least, you know, now that MTV's bought it, maybe they'll up the production values. <laughs> Wrong. No, not. I mean, it was, first of all, Diddy fell off the stage. Right. Second of right. all, the te- people were fucking up left or and right. through the stage. Right. <laughs> not oh. even off. That would have been oh. his fault. I know, right? Through the stage. That was their fault. Yeah. And uh, my, my buddy, Jared Hill, who's, um, he, he's he's uh, in the bit like, he's been... Um, a production assistant and he's been on camera talent. He he wrote, uh he posted, Can I please see at least one BET production where I don't get to see grips and people moving stage right. scenes and stuff around? Right. I don't want to see the microphone right. and the boom and the, and the you know. I mean and like the fucking teleprompter, what did they have were they using Etch a sketch for the teleprompter? <laughs> Their shit was so like people's I mean, everyone wasn't illiterate. Like, I know there was something wrong with the teleprompters. It was everybody's lines were like, <laughs> and now coming to the stage. <laughs> it was so horrible. It was terrible. But, I mean, yeah, there was some good performance. But, okay, I do have a problem with Sam Smith getting it for Best New Artist. I'm sorry. That wasn't right. Who do you think should have got it? Well, first of all. Unless Tina Marie comes back from the dead, I think BET needs to give a moratorium on just... Oh. Giving out shit to white people? Yeah. <laughs> just for a minute. Can we just let... Black awards matter. Can we please... They only gave two. That, okay. <laughs> That's they, they only gave two. I'm sorry, but... So who, Sam, you know Sam Smith is bad. He all right. He's bad. That's a bad white boy. You know he's bad. No, I think we He's been, bad. Weekend's bad. Ed Sheeran's bad. Those, they, I think the white, so boys, the white boys, for, they, 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 they coming with it right now because who in the R&B's, name me some black folks that are doing some shit right now. There, there, there's a lot of them. Na- just name me some. I'm about to. Okay. But I'm just saying they're just not getting, you know. Well, let's give them their props right now. Okay. Go to Charlie Bell. Who, 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 who should have been getting props? On BET? Because what I'm hearing, from what I'm hearing uh, that's out, it's like. Because I'm, I'm not saying that because I know how the way the way music is today, it's it's real different. You know, it's mm-hmm. hard to it's it's really weird. You know, I, I'm I'm really uh, I don't want to say a cutting edge type guy, but I do like technology and I do like the evolution of technology. Mm-hmm. And I I never look back 
nostalgically on technology Mm -hmm. like i'm not that dude who misses the crackle in the vinyl of records Mm -hmm. that's not me Mm -hmm. i'm not that nigga i don't i don't know i like this i like when when cds came out and i like the you know the digital and the cleanness and the i'm not Mm -hmm. the dude that looks at the film and misses all the little blemishes and no that's not me Mm -hmm. but i do miss i do kind of miss uh radio the way it was like Mm -hmm. as far as like Exposure to different types of right. genres. Yeah, mm-hmm. that I, I miss the fact that, um, I mean, don't get me wrong. I love the fact that there's so many different outlets, but I hate the fact that there is so many outlets that you can be so oblivious to something that's pretty big. You know what I mean? That, that's right. that's a, a large segment of the population is in on it and you're not just because it's you can't be plugged into everything because there's so many different avenues right now. Right. You know, back in the day, you can make a joke or a reference, like we always on the show talking about pop references. Mm-hmm. You can make a pop reference about a song or an, or an artist that everybody would have to know mm-hmm. unless they were literally, you know, living under rocks. Mm-hmm. It's not the case anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, even if you could be pretty, you know, quote unquote hip or plugged in or however you want to phrase it. And still not know because the way that you acquire music now is just so. So I said all that to say mm-hmm. that I'm there could be some some R&B out there that I'm not aware of because, you know, I'm just I'm not I'm old mm-hmm. <laughs> or whatever. And I'm only here to the few little things that they play all the time. Mm-hmm. And uh, what, what I'm hearing, though, are, you know, the white boys are like fucking it up right now. So. Yeah. All right. Anyway, did that filibuster enough? Did you get just thoughts together? <laughs> Thank you for that filibuster. <laughs> no, I mean, I hear what you're saying. Like, honestly, I, you're right. I, I should have more on the tip of my tongue. But you're right because it's like it's not even that, that there's a lot of people listening to stuff that mm-hmm. you're not aware of, which mm-hmm. that's true too. Right. But it's also that the people who should be having fans and listeners, it's it's harder for them to find that audience because it's so much more segmented. Mm-hmm. And then so they are pushing, you know, the Sam Smith that has a broader appeal isn't necessarily the better artist, you know. I mean, for one, I think The Weeknd is more talented than Sam Smith. Okay, but he doesn't count because he's also white. The Weeknd is not white. He's not white? What is he? He's a brother. Is he? Yeah. <laughs> I, I, hey, I'd never even seen him before until that show, and I didn't, you know, I didn't get a good look at him. So. Oh, okay. You can see that, all that nappy hair? No, I didn't. <laughs> I didn't see. No, I thought his. Yeah. Hey, I thought he had some kind of funky white boy kind of hair or something no. or whatever. He, but mm-mm. yeah, and his name is The Weekend. I mean, all right, <laughs> fucking Michelob or some shit. <laughs> <laughs> you know, well, there's Jasmine Sullivan who's not getting her props. There's um. Who she was? What's was her song? She got a song. Uh, the the big song. The big song she had was a few years back. It was "Bust the Windows Out My car, Out Your Car." No, I don't think I know that. Song. Yeah, but she's her out. She's had some really good albums. Okay, I'm about to check her Kalani, out. Kalani, a girl. Kalani, they're good. Kalayla, that's Ka- a, Kalani. Is that a group or or a person? It's a girl. It's a girl. Yeah, I think it is. Pretty sure. And um, yeah, there's. Uh, Let's see, Kamasi Washington, of course, he's out there doing his thing. Um, you know, Miguel, he's he's got a new album out. Yeah, There's, Miguel, he's pretty. Yeah, Miguel's he's 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 pretty good. I'm just saying, I don't think Man. that the hype. Look, I'm not hating on Sam Smith. Don't get me wrong. I haven't. I'm not a hater. He's got some good songs that I enjoy, but I just his hype to me is way outmatched 
it, it way exceeds what he should be getting based on just strictly talent and song quality. That's I my guess. opinion. Yeah, I mean, I could I can understand that, and I would agree more. But it's like I'm not hearing anything. You know what I'm saying? Right. If I could say, okay, here's this song that really should be, you know, if I could point to a song that I felt like, okay, here's an artist, da 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 da. And they're being overlooked, whatever. But I can't do that. Right. It's like I can't. I don't. Quadrant. They're dope. Uh, they're dope uh, as fuck. Um, there's. I'll I'll send you some stuff. Maybe, okay. Maybe we'll post it up. There's there is good music out there. It's just you're right. It's harder to find and it's harder to. That sucks. Break you shouldn't through. have to search for it. You know what I mean? You shouldn't yeah. have to search for it. Well, that's the upside and the downside of the new social media, right? There's so uh, much more information. There's so much more. Um, content out there, but yeah. it just it's it's a needle in a haystack phenomenon, you know. I can't believe the weekend is black. Wow. <laughs> I had no idea. That's funny. Funny. So okay, so what else did you like or not like about the uh the the show, the award? So I guess still on that same kind of you know, thing about just mediocrity, there was a lot of how can I say this? People were having some real off and on relationships with pitch and tone. <laughs> there was a lot of flatness. Like obviously one twelve. I'm looking at you. Well, yeah. That was the most egregious. Yeah. But I mean, Alicia, that was that was beyond flat. Alicia but, Keys yeah. was terrible. I thought she was terrible. K. Michelle wasn't really helping her cause. I mean, it was just it just to me it like. To me, singers in back in the day would have been embarrassed to get out on a stage and sound like that. And I don't know if it's a talent mismatch, if the you know maybe the the sound monitor, maybe they couldn't hear themselves. You know, maybe it's BET's fault again with the with the poor equipment and p- production values. But I just was like, this this show. I don't know. I just feel like it's still the production's not the production. Uh, uh, what do you call it? Values are just—they're just not where they should be. Yeah, I don't disagree with you. I—I I don't know. I think maybe, maybe I liked it so much just because I usually hate them. I usually loathe them. Right. You know what I mean? And they, I didn't. They, they are coming from a very low expectation. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm saying the, the least common denominator. <laughs> oh yeah, he is very obviously black. <laughs> Wow. Yeah, I did not know. That's funny. Oh, and I like Nicki Minaj brought her mom on stage, but low-key, doesn't Nicki Minaj's mom look like... Patty LaBelle? No, Lil' Kim. Lil' Kim. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, at first I thought she was bringing Lil' Kim. I was like, oh, that's nice. She's giving Lil' Kim a shout-out, like, like, representing, you know. (laughs) If it were no Lil' Kim, there would be no Nicki Minaj. (laughs) Like the lineage, like. <laughs> I was like, oh no, that's her mama. Oh, I was like, my wow, God. Her, her real mama looked like her rap mama. I didn't think that. <laughs> <laughs> her rap mama. <laughs> oh yeah, he is definitely. <laughs> the hair though, that's what I guess. But I see, I couldn't see that it was nappy. I just saw that it was wild and all. So I thought he was like a white boy. Mm, I no. guess. What was it? Just, I, yeah, I could. Well, Look at you. Well, you know, I can't see. So. <laughs> that was the only time I'd ever seen him. Yeah, look at you. Discriminating against light skins. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag light skin matters. <laughs> <laughs> I see you trying to keep him off the, off the bus. <laughs> I mean, Sierra, I thought her little performance was cute. That's her lane. That's what she needs to do. She needs to just stick with dance music, 
doing dancing. Mm-hmm. That's what we want to see Sierra do. Shake her ass, look fly. Right. You know, she doesn't need to try to sing. That's my beef with all well, the time, quote unquote, sing. Right. I was going to say, but I'm, I'm, I'm going to say that for later. But that's my beef with Janet's new thing. Oh, well. Yeah, that's later. But she's an icon. But that's later. She's officially an icon now. Okay, but whatever. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I like it. I liked, of course, I always like looking at the fashion and what people are wearing in the audience. E-40 came real hard with the the yay area pimping Mm -hmm. look. He repped with his ostrich (laughs) MCM. (laughs) (laughs) I was pretty amazing. And then what was... What was what was two chains like? Is he a black Israelite now, or, I, I, <laughs> or a five percenter? Like, uh, did you see his garb? No, I didn't. I didn't. Uh, <laughs> I think I missed that. I think I missed that. He had a ceremonial mm. robe and mm. earth. <laughs> wow. People posted memes like memes of him like talking about he looked like somebody Nigerian mama. It was wrong. <laughs> black Twitter, you're so wrong sometimes. <laughs> Well, I enjoyed the. Uh, I definitely enjoyed the the tributes in the Smokey. It was good to see him get oh. some, some props. Okay, so again, good and bad. <laughs> Smokey Robinson is an icon. He definitely deserved a lifetime achievement award, no doubt. Yeah. But how the fuck are you gonna have Robin Thicke singing for Ro- Smokey Robinson? That's like that's low key shade. Why, why? Why is that shade? Oh, What's wrong with that? Why would you pick Robin Thicke? Come on, dude. Why? What, What's was wrong fucking with- Vanilla Ice not available? That was terrible. Don't pick Robin Thicke. He can't. He can't, he can't sit with us. What? So, what? I don't even know what's going on right now. Like, wait, what's going on? Like, Robin Thicke, a mediocre white guy to sing a, for a legend, like one of his best songs. That was terrible. I was angry. That was a poor. That was poor casting. So I think. I'm hearing the fact that he's white is the issue. No, it's the fact that he's white and mediocre. If they would have gotten Michael McDonald to sing for Smokey Robinson or... <laughs> well, they had young people up there. But mediocre. But that's my point. It's when you sing... Look, I, don't, you're I not wouldn't call ha- Robin Thicke mediocre. He, he's definitely mediocre. You're not going to have Rihanna sing a tribute to Aretha Franklin. That would be embarrassing. Don't do that. You, you're going to have a great vocalist sing for a great vocalist. Well, I don't I I guess I never really thought of Smokey as a great vocalist. I'm not saying that he's not. I well, okay. never thought. I've never considered him that and never heard him. I've always heard Smokey is like his 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 claim to fame has always been his writing. Right. That's true. Okay. You're right. He's so not, he's that's not why the- I'm like, that's what that's one thing that I'm getting lost at now. I guess since you put looking at it in that light, I guess. But, yeah, I don't feel – Smokey doesn't have range. You're right. He's, He's not the that. greatest vocal. I guess what I meant to say, stature. I guess st- their stature was – I didn't think that that was the right choice. That's just my opinion. Well, they were trying to do that. When they, when they do the tribute to the old people, like part of it is like they want the young people to discover the music. And I think their way of doing that is they have the, young, the, the people who are, are in today – Singing, you know, the right. stuff that the legends, you know, but Robin Thicke isn't even in today. Whatever. I mean, I get that. He but, is in today. How's mm, he not in today? He, his last album was a huge flop. And okay, his last album was a huge flop, but he still he had one big just song. Had one, he just had one, yeah, he had one huge, huge song, right? Right, I disagree with that selection. <laughs> I, 
that was one of the things I had to fast forward through. Put it that way. Yeah, you, you got a lot of politics and with your uh, no, your, if, your, it, your look, tastes. if Robin Thicke was, I feel like this. If he had like talent, a political thing. If that he had talent at no, if he had talent at the level of Amy Winehouse or Tina Marie, it's not that they're white. It's that he's white and mediocre. All right, all right. Well, I mean, I still, I don't think he's mediocre, but yeah, he's not Amy Winehouse, but or Christina <laughs> Aguilera, but I feel like he's better than mediocre. But okay, I, I, I don't, I don't think he was out of his league. I don't think he embarrassed himself. I don't think he is uh, not talented enough to to do that assignment or pull. I just, I don't, think, right. I don't have a problem with it. Right. Exactly, and so clearly I'm not BET's target audience. <laughs> the show, because I was like, "Fuck BET." I, yeah, I mean, there's o- there's only so many A-listers, you know, in the industry. You can't have them do everything. So right. clearly, Sam Smith didn't even show up to get his so, award, he so he wasn't gonna do it. Well, you know, he probably didn't think he was gonna win nothing. <laughs> <laughs> To be honest, he probably like oh, I ain't gonna win nothing. Thanks for the it was just an honor being nominated. <laughs> like good looking out, black people. But uh, yeah, um, I well I enjoyed the the, the Smokey tribute there, and uh, yeah, wow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah. Look, let's let's know. keep it real. The best thing about black award shows, or really any award show nowadays, but especially black award shows, is really just like the tweets that are, <laughs> the tweets and the black memes Twitter. and the and Instagrams that are happening. That's really that's the that's where you find the real entertainment. The freaking award show is almost just like an excuse to just put together a crazy meme of. Two change is somebody's Nigerian mama. That's hilarious. <laughs> well, let's keep it with our all music theme here today. <laughs> well, all music is that for our guest, our guest interview, <laughs> but everything else is music. But hey, he does music uh, on his porn too. Remember? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, um, Dr. Dre launches the, the uh, new radio show on Apple Music. Which, uh, see, I got beef with 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 that. Um, What's your beef with that? Well, for one thing, I, it feels it feels um, it feels archaic to me, sort of. Like they're trying to bring back radio, like with this whole on all the time. It, it, well, number one, it's not on all the time. It's not live, live, live all the time. Live is like kind of overrated to me. Live is really not. That's one of the reasons why I haven't like pushed us to do a live show mm-hmm. because to me it's a throwback to the way things used to be and people are getting away from live stuff. It's like people want stuff more on demand than on live. You know what I mean? A concert is like the last bastion of of liveness to me that's relevant. <laughs> you know what I mean? The last thing that's live that's relevant is, is, is a concert, uh, a sporting event. Mm-hmm. Those are the, the two things that I can think of off the top of my head that are still – you really can't substitute them. They're still relevant. You you know will still pay money for, but all this this uh, media trying to be live and stuff uh, th- that's not what's happening. That's not that's not cool. That's not 
okay, because number one, like I said, it's not even live. I don't know if it's just because it was the first day or whatever, but it seemed to be about like 12 hours of content, 12 hours of repeat. Mm-hmm. That's one thing. Um, the other thing is it being live means that if you're not tuned in at a specific time, then you're going to miss that specific thing unless they make it available. And so then if they're going to make it available, then why even tout the it being live? I feel like if it was like a network of podcasts, you know, um, you know, shout out to, to the, to the podcast platform, but <laughs> a shameless plug there, but I do, I feel like podcast or that, that form is where it's at because, you know, people, I don't want to like try to make people have to tune in to listen to our show at a specific time. I like them knowing that, you know, come midnight tonight, uh, Monday morning, anytime after that, whenever I get to it, I get to it. It's there. It's for me. I'm not going to miss anything. I don't have to rearrange my life to be sitting in front of my computer or have, you know, my phone so that I can shrink. Sometimes you're not, you know, able to do that. Right. But I mean, I I don't, I just, I just, I just don't like the whole model. I don't like the, the, I think it's, I think it's I don't think it's going to do well. I don't think that that's really what they're doing. What I think they're doing is just um I think they're just using an old concept that people are familiar with to mm. try to sell them on the new format, which is going to be more like what you're talking about. I mean, it is going to once something plays one time, it's of course it's going to be out there forever. They're going to capitalize on it. They're not going to not play it if it's I don't know. You know I, so far I haven't and, been able to I found the first hour you know, yeah, um, I mean, they're going to tweak the model, but I think that they are trying to reintroduce a sense of, you know, immediacy and urgency into mm. listening to media because I think that that has, I mean, I think that that is probably somewhat related to what we were talking about earlier in the sense of, you know, mass audiences not being exposed to stuff because mm-hmm. people are so segmented and yeah. fragmented. And so I think that, and I think the music industry is losing money because of it. So I think like part of it is trying to create immediacy and, a sense of anticipation around stuff, which mm-hmm. also I don't think it's going to work that much. But I do, I, like honestly, I don't think it's going to be as much of a throwback as they may be trying to market it as initially. I think they're just trying to use like a concept that people are familiar with to bring them into the new media platform, right? Yeah, I guess. But it's a it's a a, a format that's dying and quickly becoming antiquated. That's what I'm saying. I don't think so, they're really taking them back to the old format. I think they're using that terminology to try to ease them into what everyone else is doing. You know, Tidal, Spotify. You know, I mean, look, we knew this was but, coming when 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 app, when they bought Beats, right? We knew that they didn't buy it because the fucking earphones are so great. They right. bought it for the branding and the content and the streaming music opportunities. You know. So anyway, and besides that, let's the first hour was like nothing special. It was basically the the DJ, I forgot his name already. Uh I think it's Zach Lowe. Uh I think he's pretty known. He basically was <laughs> shouting out every country that was listening, every city and uh he played some song that they had a big deliberation over what would be the first song and what it was, I don't even remember. <laughs> it wasn't memorable to, memorable to me. It wasn't anything that I was familiar with. So I just wasn't impressed. Um, 
you know, it just felt like a lot of hype, but like not much. And so I'm really curious about the pharmacy. So I wasn't able to be sitting in front of my computer at two o'clock yesterday when it debuted. So I missed it and I can't find it online anywhere. Mm. So that to me was frustrating. You know, um, I wanted to hear it. I wanted to hear what Dre's show was and what was he talking about and, you know, what kind of music was being played. All that. I was interested, but I wasn't afraid two o'clock yesterday to be sitting in front of my computer to try to stream it. Well, get your fucking life Because together, that's dude, so because... fucking old school. That's so old. I'm not a fucking dinosaur. <laughs> <laughs> I have a life. and oh, I, Like dinosaurs didn't have shit to do? <laughs> no, they didn't. <laughs> they just was hanging. They'd be sitting around the, the water cooler waiting for their favorite show. Mm. <laughs> dinosaurs. <laughs> yeah. Land, not the mama. <laughs> land of the lost. <laughs> yep. And that little baby. Not the mama. <laughs> <laughs> that's what dinosaurs used to do so anyway um yeah so that's that's up with dre um or with the apple uh i should say beat one dre station on apple music i guess it is um our boy prince got a new cut have you heard it haven't heard it you haven't no all right cool like to hear it. here you go <laughs> Nothing for the record And nothing to condemn I was in between this waking life And R.E.M. When she walked into the party And dared me to live up to her dreams We about to get it started Turn my guitar up So I can make this woman scream Hey Classic Prince. It's time to check your cell phone. Red Bull and Patron. Ain't no rapper trying to be a singer. I'm gonna make a moan. Shot day and baby face. R&B ain't got no place But you put some hard rock on You better cover your ears Cause you're about to hear a woman just scream That guitar though That guitar though <laughs> Damn So I'd say, judging by the look on your face, you like it, huh, Charlie Bell? I mean, Prince is kind of like my daddy in my mind, though. <laughs> like, you know, so. He's kind of like your daddy in your mind? Like my dad. What does that mean? <laughs> I mean, like, Prince is the shit. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, I don't. It's not uh, one of my favorite Prince songs, but it's definitely strong. I definitely like it. What I like about it, it's a tweener. Yeah, what I like about it, other than you know, like you said, classic Prince, but it's also a bridge right. to the fu- to the present. It yeah. sounds very modern, it sounds right. very contemporary. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of the, the some of the artists that I was talking to you about that should mm-hmm. be getting more props. They're they're exploring sounds like these, you know. Yeah, it's it's and it's. I think it's really hard to for especially for an older artist to sound modern without without um and still be authentic be authentic to themselves, themselves and their sound exactly. and not sound like they're selling out exactly you know right. and he's definitely he he definitely can do it yeah but that's or why has done Prince it again is a, that's why he's a genius yeah. not just a regular musician because he he adapts to himself you know he when he yeah. does music he he changes it you know he he does it to himself yeah. like it's i can't i'm not articulating that girl no, no i know what you mean yeah yeah <laughs> Yeah, no, basically the same thing I was he, saying. He create he recreated in his own image, right. so to speak. <laughs> yeah, I would have to say one person I was really disappointed in who did that uh, lately. I was uh, listening to some of his modern stuff, mm-hmm. and it just it was it was so disappointing. It sounded like such a sellout. It sounded like like just this garbage that that the kids are putting out. Oh, who? Ice Cube. Uh, Ice Cube. I haven't heard it. I don't think I heard it. Yeah. What was it? How'd it go? I couldn't tell you. Oh, you okay. I've never heard it played anywhere. I, I went and searched it out. I was like, you know, I was like, I found out he had something new or something, or I look, was looking for something, and mm-hmm. I ran across it, and I downloaded some stuff, whatever, and it was it was horrible. Oh no! It was horrible. Mm. I was I was I almost cried on the way home. <laughs> Just like a one thug tear. <laughs> but no that was that was a strong that, that was kind of a tweener song though too as far as like it wasn't like really upbeat but it wasn't really slow either mm-hmm. but um that brings me to janet janet was got rock a, that you could fuck to i mean yeah. yeah oh by the way that's called um hard rock lover like hard I just rock said. lover <laughs> um have you heard janet's new one i did i have heard it yeah mm-hmm. um what i was mentioning earlier about her was like what you said about Sierra, mm-hmm. I feel that applies to Janet as well. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. and it's like, mm, yeah, you have done a ballad or two or kind of a slow song or two that was okay. But for the most part, that's really not your lane. Right. You know, your lane is the up-tempo, at least mid-tempo-ish. You know, we can kind of get our groove on, dance into your stuff. Not because right. you're not really, you know, but... um Okay, for those of you who haven't heard uh, Janet's new one, I'm not going to play the whole one, but. Or at least we can talk over some of it. Mm -hmm. And this is called Sleep with three three E's. Sleep. Sleep. (laughs) I do like the beat, though.
I have to say, I do like it more the more I hear it. It is growing on me a little bit more. I don't, not that I ever hated it, but I am liking it more. Um, I think, just especially since she's been gone so long, her first joint back should not have been a tweener song. Mm-hmm. I think it should have either been something to like Rhythm Nation, shake your ass to, mm-hmm. you know, or like a that's the way love goes type of thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Something something really strong and but something those- that's kind of slow that you kind of get in your groove to or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. But this is kind of like, eh, it's not really, it's not that's the way love goes and it definitely ain't Rhythm Nation. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's just kind of in the middle. It's a real, real cool beat, real real mellow, real chill. But this to me is not like a lead single, especially when you haven't been on the scene in a long time. To me, this is more like a like a third release song. I mean, it's probably just filler, so she can go on tour and do her old song. That's what I mean. It feels, <laughs> it feels like a filler song, exactly. Like on the album, where you have the filler, it feels kind of like a filler song. But like, that's what I'm saying. Probably, it, they're probably just going to re-release her old <laughs> shit, put this song and maybe one or two others that's, on it. That's not a comeback. <laughs> well, the comeback is when what you're paying for the tour. To listen to old stuff. Yeah, no, no, but yeah, that's where she. That's the. They gonna make the comeback on the tour, you know, when she the, the concert. That's the comeback. No, that's the come up. That's the come up. That's the come that's up. The come back to the come up. She's coming back for the come up. <laughs> that's what it's. Yeah, exactly. So, you know. I guess, uh, but like I said, I, I yeah, I like it. It's just. I, I would like it to be a little stronger and a little bit more, you know, either a little slower or a little faster. Yeah, but she's not really going to be, you know, she can't really get into Beyonce or Sierra's lane or, you know, Rihanna's lane. Like, you know, she's kind of. Why can't she? Shit, fuck them bitches. She was around first. Shit. She's like, shit, she's the, paved the road. She right, like, right. you know what I'm saying? I mean, she made the lane. That's true. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I mean, we'll see. We'll see. Oh, why can't she? I, 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 don't, I, don't, I just she... don't think her, their fan base would be as receptive. Oh, I see what you mean. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't think, but that's the thing. I don't think their fan, I don't think her fans are listening. I don't think, okay, wait, wait, okay. I don't think, <laughs> I don't think. This is reaching beyond a Beyonce and Sierra's fans either. I think I think it's like Janet is an icon, like you said earlier. She has her fans. She don't really people like her don't even need any new fans. That's my you point. You know what I'm saying? She just got her old fans are enough. That's you know my what I mean? Point. And, they I think that they I think that they made the calculation that her old fans who are literally old now <laughs> that this is going to be more and that this is the type of music that they're going to be more listening to. That's no. Come on now. We're not that old. We still get we still go to parties. We still go to clubs. We still get our boogie on. Come on now. We I mean, you and I do. What? Yeah, what? <laughs> We're Janet fans. Janet's like our age. She's like a little bit older than us. I, I think we're the outliers, Dan. You think most? You know, you, I don't think you, most people our age are doing what we do. You know, uh, I, when I go out there, I see people our age, and with, with, we don't be the oldest <laughs> ones there. Matter of fact, I usually feel like I'm the, one of the youngest ones there. Shit, where are you partying? At? <laughs> <laughs> the senior sir? Come on, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Lawrence Welk Village, where are you partying? <laughs> the go 
Golden Girls Rec Club. <laughs> oh. <laughs> no, but for real though. No, seriously though. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't, yeah, you know, I mean, now she's out there trying to make a, she, she don't need to be trying to make no new dances like Cupid. <laughs> she don't need to be doing that, you know, especially nothing. Well, actually, even the, the Cupid dances are real big, like people are aging a little older. And a lot but, Yeah, older. yeah, they they love those Cupid dances. Yeah, the Cupid so, dances, that's. Yeah, they could do, they can handle that. That's auntie and them. Yeah, so, I mean, they, they, yeah, Janet's audience they still got some boogie in them come on mm. charlie bell you selling them short I'm, no I, I i i didn't sell them short i didn't make the damn record i'm saying i feel like <laughs> the producers and the record label are like we're gonna put her in the auntie I lane i don't think i think they were putting her in the auntie lane well then they should they should have did the, they should have did some, something like a, that's the way love goes they should do something like that something like you, you know, know that's the way love goes let's wait a while or something like that those, but those are ones in a lifetime songs it's not it's not so easy to pull them out of your pocket. I mean, they were huge hits, right? Like we still. I'd seen. Sing them. I just saw. I just saw Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis at the Soul at the BT Awards. So they're still around. Exactly. Right. At, at the awards, not. <laughs> was they getting an award? Was any of their songs up for any awards? They were in the audience, like. <laughs> That's cold, Charlie. No, Bell. Cold. I mean, it's look. I would have rather seen Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis than fucking Robin Thicke, and definitely than the oh, Lokes. <laughs> the Lokes, <laughs> the Locks, the Lokes, the, the, the Bagels and Lokes. <laughs> exactly. I never did get that name, the Locks. They it always remind me of Bagels and Locks. Like why? Why do they call themselves? They like smoke salmon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I never really cared enough about the group to find out yeah, what no. was up with their name. No so one cared. Never, yeah, never. Like they said, like 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 uh, P Diddy Street Team. They couldn't work the locks. <laughs> couldn't work oh, the locks. Man. Couldn't do it. All right, so that ends the uh, music portion of the show, and we get back to. What we haven't had in a minute. uh... No, I'm excited. Oh, you're excited? (laughs) You ready? You ready? (laughs) Yeah. Okay, here we go. The Donald Thomas Ask the Average Guy question of the week. Mm hmm. We got a couple of them today, Charlie Bell. I know. Are these real questions? Mm hmm. Okay. They are, especially the, the one. For sure. Uh, well, they're all real questions, but they're definitely because, like, there's this one he was like, be sensitive with your. Because, you know, a lot of times you post these on social media mm-hmm. to get their response. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, please be gentle with this person right here. Like, they're going through some shit, you know? Oh, like, wow. be nice. Because, you know, people on social media can be like, they can forget that there's, like, they're a talking about, yeah, there's a human <laughs> being attached to this. Yeah. And they can just start going in. So, okay, here we go. So, the first question is. I'm assuming she's from an African-American woman or some other race that's not white. (laughs) So (laughs) Kristen asks, she says, my husband is very prejudiced towards white people. I work a high profile job with a lot of coworkers and bosses that are white. Yeah, typically. (laughs) Um, 
I fear his actions and words will jeopardize our well-being because he's very aggressive when he's forced to mix company with my coworkers. How do I handle this? Because my job requires me to attend a lot of functions. Um, okay. How would you okay. handle it? Okay. Um, I'm wondering what kind of job does this lady have that he has to come and get and play nice with her coworkers. Like mm-hmm. what if she was single? You know what I mean? Like, so this is, this, this, this seems, this seems like an episode of bewitched to me. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like <laughs> when, when the, the husbands and the wives had to mingle with the uh, account execs and, and, and stuff like that, or with the, with the clients, it, right. it, uh, so, who, who, who lives in that world these days? So a lot of people actually. Really? Yeah. No, so that's what I was going to say. Wow. Like, so this is, it sounds somewhat throwback, but mm-hmm. especially the higher up you go, it's still true. I, I have a lot of friends. There's actually studies that show that the, the higher income you are, the more, um, you know, the lo- the longer the marriage is. people like marriage is a very, it's still a big signifier of social status, you know, mm-hmm. whether we want to believe it or not. So when you're doing um, the type of, you know, PR jobs or, you know, just high level corporate jobs, there mm-hmm. is a lot of socializing. There's a lot of galas. There's a lot of, you know. Doing and so things. people like actually look down on you if you're not married or your Absol- spouse is not in attendance. Absolutely. It's, it's, a so part, it's actually ridiculous. It's still a part of like the old boy network type of dynamic. Right. It's, it's like crazy. You, you have to have you have to meet these kind of social, you know, levels in order to be accepted into these things. It's just like the fact that they still, you know, make business deals at the golf course. That's still a part of Yeah, but of the that, world, you know. And so But I get that. <laughs> but it's the same concept in a different format. You know what I'm saying? You No, have, not really. No, it is. It's, you, it's it's the fact that you have to be able to socialize in a in a similar format no, with no, these well, people. No, no, because see look, this is it. Cause see <clears throat> this is and this is what I think this the whole golf course thing I think you guys think of it as this 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 whole predetermined type thing and this this that kind of stuff evolved out of the fact that like okay we're hanging out and we're golfing and while we're golfing we end up talking about work and deals and stuff whatever get made you know what I mean? It's not like, okay, I mean, that's like kind of how it, it happened. It evolved the, naturally out of the fact that they're hanging out or whatever. Right. It evolved naturally out of the fact that they were hanging out because it was all white men. They were all the same type of person okay. who had all the same social experience. Okay. I, don't, I, don't, right. I, don't, I don't deny that. So, so that's all. But, right. So I'm not saying that it's intentional. I'm just saying there are social elements to coming up in the business world. But the, the fact that somebody is not married or their spouse is not there, is that's, it? that's it. And then for you to make a, that's like that's not the same thing. It's like you're going out of your way to like penalize them because they don't fit some sort of I don't know some sort of criteria that you yes, have manufactured that, or something. Yes, that's my point. A lot of the the the, the more higher the higher up you go, the more elite circles that you travel in. It's really a lot about conformity. Yeah. That's why rich people can be sometimes very boring to hang out with, well, right? Because it's very much about. But look, at okay. this point, you're still kind of arguing. Like, is there a scenario? <laughs> like, no, 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 no. I, I mean, I, be, I believe it. It's just right. kind of crazy. Okay, let's let's answer a question. So go ahead. So a yes, this is a reality for many people and I you know I've experienced something like this not at this level but definitely you know my spouse my partner wasn't very social and wasn't 
an asset to me in my, you know, career. So that sucked. But um, look, you have to leave his ass at home. That's really the bottom <laughs> line. You're not going to be able to control him. You're just not. Like he's right. You know, he is who he is. You you know, you married a Black Panther or whatever he had you. <laughs> you know? He, you Huey, Huey is going to be Huey. Huey, Huey going to be Huey. Huey going to be Huey. You, you married a five percenter <laughs> and you can't take him to the corporate function. So, I yeah. mean, it is going to make it a little bit more difficult for you. But it's better to leave him at home and try to, you know make an excuse for why he can't participate or attend than for him to say something that's going to irrev kill all the white people, <laughs> <laughs> but buy my record first, <laughs> kill all the white people, <laughs> but buy my record first. <laughs> yeah. You don't want to be saying that at yeah. the party. So yeah. yeah, that's the only, I, I agree with Charlie Bill. I don't really see any other solution other than, things that would entail you changing your profession and all that kind of stuff, which would be way or your husband. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Upgrade, upgrade. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, maybe, um, think about doing, you know, as a long-term solution later on, you know, maybe think about doing whatever it is that you do. Maybe about thinking, you know, doing your own, you know, right. perhaps starting your own firm, you and, uh, another, uh, a girlfriend or colleague or, you know, it doesn't have to be a woman, it could be a, a male, whatever, mm -hmm. you know, think about that in the future. But in the meantime, yeah, we say leave his ass at home yeah. with the kids. Then that way you don't have to pay for a babysitter at least. <laughs> <laughs> Get something, make them, make them useful. Yeah. You know, you can't bring them to the party. You can leave them home, watch the kids. Oh. <laughs> okay. What's the next one? Okay. Now, this one, I don't believe, this one's bullshit. I don't, this is just a trolling-ass question. This is not really happening. Okay. This was the one that he, they said to be real sensitive on. <sighs> okay. God damn it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Have a marriage question. What if you found out your wife is cheating on you with a close friend that you see every Sunday. Sounds like the bastard. And to make matters worse, she's cheating while she's pregnant with your second child. What would you do? Well, A, I'd find out. Oh, if three years of marriage. Wait, go ahead. Okay, yeah. Uh, seven to eight months pregnant, three years of marriage. What would you do? Okay, number one, I'd find out if the first child was mine. Ooh. And number two, I'd find out if the second child is mine. If she's been cheating that long... I don't know how you can be sure that either kid is yours. So I would not assume. Well, we don't anything. know how long she's been cheating. It doesn't say. Well, it, it said that. Um, that's true. It does, we don't know. Okay, that's true. But yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't assume that the, the kids are mine. Either one of them, if she's cheating. With with my friend from church, I wouldn't assume the kids are okay, mine. Okay, so let's say they are yours. <clears throat> now, what do you do? Okay. Uh. Wow. Uh, well, the good news is at least she can't get pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, wow, this is a hard question. I would have to say, 
And, and you need more details. It's not. It's, you know what? It's just not enough. This is one of those things. Like you have to look at this situation for yourself. It, it's not enough yeah, because people, and too much all at the same time. Yeah, no, what I mean because it's like your instinct is to say, "Oh, leave that bitch." You know what I'm saying? Right. That's that's your instinct. You know, right. it's to be like, but. It's not that simple. Right. It's not. It's not. That's right. We don't know why she's cheating. We don't know. He's not saying anything about what he did. Right. Or we don't. The fact that his home, his friend, and his <clears throat> wife both are like "fuck you" makes me think maybe something's wrong with you. <laughs> I mean, and not to blame the victim. I mean, no shade. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, you could be a great person and they could just be shady. And then you have to look at yourself for why are you surrounded with shady folks? Right. And I mean, and I don't know anything else about his wife. Like, is she could just because she is having an affair doesn't mean she's a horrible person. Right. She could be like, like, this could be like the one thing that she's done wrong. Right. You know, like she and, could have been like a, like a perfect woman for all this time. Right. And this is like her one Fuck up. Or he could have been stepping out on her the whole time. Right. So. so yeah. There's sorry, no, bro. This is too. <laughs> this is this not enough information. Mm. You know, I, I don't feel good just telling you to like to leave her or kick her to the curb or whatever. But I, 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 t- I tell you this. I, this is what I will tell you. You need to sit back and evaluate your situation, mm-hmm. your marriage. That is real. You need to take stock in it and take a long, hard look at her and yourself, mm-hmm. you know, go somewhere, collect your thoughts and by yourself. If you have to do a pro and con list, whatever, but you need to think about all this stuff and decide whether or not you want to fight for your marriage. That's the first step. Well, I would say, yeah, I agree. But I think you definitely also. Okay. So there's two things on the health front. I mean, just whenever there's this testing, yeah, yeah. you definitely have to go. You guys need to go to the doctor test for STDs as well as DNA, you know, when that point comes along, but whether the kids are yours or not, look, there's two kids involved at this point. So you have to be cognizant and conscientious that the Mm -hmm. fact of whatever choices you do make is not going to just affect the two of you, but also the children. So try to have some empathy for the kids, no matter who they belong to. And also, um, I would get counseling, right? Because mm. if you are going to split up, you still have to kind of have, I would suggest that you have some sort of a plan going forward for how you're going to deal with, you know, raising the kids together. Right. So mm-hmm. there's a lot to think about. I think the kids is really what complicates it. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Okay, last one. Okay. So Mother of Three asks... Being that it's Father's Day, I want to ask this question. I have three girls whose father just don't want to do right. The guy I've been dating is good to me and to them and has offered to move us all to Atlanta with him. That will mean my daughters will hardly ever see their dad, but it will also mean we won't have to struggle financially anymore. I'll have the man I've grown to love. They'll have a stable father figure and more opportunities. Am I being selfish by making that move, or am I, am I giving my girls a better life? Their dad sees them from time to time, but he doesn't help care for them. What should I do? Uh, this one's a lot easier. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. Especially if it's um, as cut and dried as you presented it, which, you know, I, that I have, might have my doubts about. But for all, all, all things being equal, if it's uh, pretty much as you stated it i don't think it's a selfish thing for you to do this i think it's in the best interest of you and your children Mm -hmm. um you know um if this man wants to marry you 
Um, yeah, and he can still see them occasionally from wherever they move to. Yeah, you know, so that that won't change anything. Yeah, you're not so. preventing. Look, no, you're you're not preventing him from being a good father. You're not preventing him from seeing his children. He made that choice already. You know, you have no control over his choices. Now it's up to you to make the best choices that you can for your life and for your kids. And to do anything else is to be living in the past, frankly. Right. Because it sounds like if he if he were an active dad, that she would, you know. This dilemma have, wouldn't even be facing her. Right. She'd be <laughs> like, no, I'm not taking my kids away from their dad. Mm. But since she wouldn't be doing that, you know, she, you mm. know, she, you know, yeah. But even if you did, I mean, if he was about shit, he would still make an effort and make, you know, he's responsible for the type of father he is. That's it. And that's all. Just like you're responsible for the type of mother you are. Well, yeah. But I mean, there's she definitely has the power to make it much more difficult. Yeah. So, I mean, that's it's not like, oh, you know, she doesn't have the power. There's nothing that she could do that would change it at all. I mean, I'm not saying that, but I'm saying it's she's not taking them to Antarctica. No, um, you know, she's not. But Atlanta does have, as far as I remember, that, <laughs> an air, uh, at, uh, airport, uh, <laughs> a train station, a road. Right, but you know, yeah, but internet, air, airfare, you know. shit, airfare is expensive. Yeah, but I mean, so you know, but I mean, it, since he's not seeing them regularly, it, it's not an issue. But if he were, then I'd have a different opinion about it. I'd have I would have a different opinion about it. I'm not gonna lie. If, mm, if I he wouldn't. was, if I, I would, if he was, yes, if he was, if he was there like all the time, and then she was gonna move. Yeah, I'd have a different opinion about mm-hmm. the situation because then she would be taking him away from 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 them. It's not his fault that, or not only his fault that they didn't work out. It's you know. <laughs> yeah, but it's not, it doesn't matter whose fault it is. Both parents still are have to go on with their lives. True. So and then and if she did that, you know, it's within her rights. But she would be, she would be doing something that would have an effect on their relationship. So yeah. it is what it is. So it is what it is. So uh-huh. all right, take it to the A, girl. Take it to the A. <laughs> You've got mail. There's another uh, little piece of mail, too, I want to talk about before you read this, what we got from Chaz. Um, Tara Lynn, she, uh, she, she uh, first of all, she tweeted me on Charlie Bell on Twitter. Uh, well, she has an account, but she's not really on it. And she, like, not really. And she's like, well, she needs to be on there. And then she goes, uh, she be keeping y'all in check. And I'm like, you know what? <laughs> You need to go somewhere with that shit. Because number one, <laughs> my mama didn't keep me in check and my wife don't keep me in check. How the fuck is Charlie Bell going to keep me in check? And then I don't even know what you're talking you about, Terry Lynn. No because, and, <laughs> shut up before I turn yours off. <laughs> um, I don't even know what you're talking about because Charlie Bell and I haven't even, we've been like on the same side of issues for like a, over a month. Like the the one thing the one thing that we might have kind of might have disagreed on she wasn't even here for so between her not being here and us being on the same side of stuff we ain't even had nothing for her to even check 
check me about. So I don't even know what you're talking about. And last week, it was like we're having difference of opinion about marriage. I don't really know all this keeping me in check stuff coming from. I really <laughs> took exception to that. But you're right, characterization. girl. Thank you. You're right, girl. <laughs> you know what? Both of y'all. <laughs> I don't give a fuck. Look at you. I don't give a fuck, bitch. I don't give a fuck about Charlie Bell. <laughs> Charlie Bell's like a 40 degree day. <laughs> Uh, hmm. yeah, crisp. I don't, I don't, I don't even get it. I don't even, uh, I don't, you know, crisp and clear. That's how I'm like a 40 degree day. I keep y'all in check. What? What are you talking about? <laughs> I, I don't even, I'm like, what, 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 uh, like all this stuff we've been on. What are you talking about right now, Carolyn? It's just a joke. Yeah, well, no joke. jokes. Mm-mm. We can't chew gum and be on the radio, girl. What are you doing? (laughs) My listeners want me to have fresh breath, too. (laughs) No, they don't. They don't care how still your breath is. They don't want to hear that smacking in their ear. (laughs) Like, why does she didn't put gum in her mouth? That's smacking. Yeah. Okay, wait till you hear it on playback. (laughs) I'm not going to hear it on playback because you're going to edit it out. Uh, okay, go ahead and read Chaz's. Uh, no, you read it. Me read it? Mm-hmm. All right. <clears throat> Chaz Samuel Jr. said, Wow, this show was like a pressure relief valve. The show briefly touched on the hot topics, but then took a Dino turn to cruise through the, the streets of perf- uh, performance <laughs> artist Cupid and indie movie mogul Tamaret McConan. Uh, <laughs> I am just glad I had a plate of fried fish, greens, potato salad, and corn. Nigga making me hungry <laughs> to sit and enjoy. I would. I, what wouldn't you enjoy if you eating that? Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's like life is he, good. He said our he said our our show was a good accompaniment to soul food. Okay, yeah, no shit. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> Fried fish, greens, potato salad, and, and cornbread corn to sit and enjoy uh, uh, the special shiznit. The stuff. special, yeah. Oh my God, man! I'm still <laughs> just my mouth is watering from that description <laughs> of the food every time I read it. Uh, food for the uh, mind without a lot of today's tension. By the way, Charlie Bell, thank you for sharing your take on civil unions. That blew my mind. And and uh, never realized that heterosexuals did this or even really what it really means to enter into one. It's hard to listen to Charlie Bell's experiences and not want to give her a hug and tell her how special she is. But that's another show. <laughs> Congrats to Damon on his career refresh. Having someone recognize your craft as being pertinent. And loaded with potential growth is like having panties thrown your way by some sexy temptress who who who, who get you completely. Wow. <laughs> I bet he would rather have the panties though. I left with <laughs> <laughs> I left with a case of feel good for sure and can't wait till you all return in a couple of weeks. All right. Yay. Yeah. Thank you, Chaz. Thank you. Give it up, sir. All right. Well, hey, uh, that is it. And, you know, this starts um, our two-week hiatus, or at least two-week hiatus. It might be a little bit more or possibly. Nah, I doubt if it'd be less. 
So next week at this time, you will hear instead of the Shiznit show, well, it'll still be the Shiznit show, but I'll come in and introduce it. But you'll be hearing hashtag light skin matters. <laughs> and we're getting good feedback from that episode because my uh, my brothers have already aired it on their uh, respective networks. So it will debut on Red Rock next week at this time. All right, then. Um, anything else, Charlie Bill? I guess that's about it, right? Gonna miss you. Yeah, I'll be right here. Yep. Yep. <laughs> and I'll be here too. Uh, I'll miss you too. I always miss you when you're gone. Aww. All right, then. <laughs> so for uh, Charlie Bell, I'm Dino Red, and uh, we'll see you next time. Holla at your boy. From all of our crew to listeners like you, thanks again for tuning in to another episode of The Shiznit. And don't forget to tell your friends about the show. Check out our website, theshiznitshow.com, or hit us up on Facebook under The Shiznit. Follow us on Twitter at The Shiznit Show. Write to us at theshiznitshow at gmail.com, or leave us a voicemail and make it sexy at 424-261-4878. This has been... The Shiznit. You're listening to the Red Rock Podcast Network.